Welcome back, Chiefs Nation, folks around the NFL. This is Locked On Chiefs and uh, part of the Locked On Network. We have a great show for you because everybody's a buzz today. Some things that we didn't expect, some things that we did. We're going to go over the Chiefs' final, well, initial final roster sort of kind of thing. Matt Derrick's going to set us straight. Welcome to Locked On Chiefs. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. That music always gets me going, and today I'm kind of hyped up. It's been kind of fun, hasn't it? It's crazy, crazy, crazy time. Always is this time of year, Brian. <laughs> so the announcements are out. You, you, were, you were in the pressers. like You heard all the joy and the conundrums and stuff. Um, a lot going on, something an injury that we didn't know about as well. Like there's a lot to take away this particular day, but just highlight for you. What's the, what's the top thing that stands out about what the chiefs have done for their roster? Uh, I mean, right now, I mean, I, I like to look for the good stories I mean, the feel good stories, you know, I mean, clearly getting to hear from Jody Fortson today. Um, you can see, and, and I remember, you know, meeting Jody back at, I can't remember if it was the first time I met him was at a rookie that the rookie mini camp or, uh, at the beginning of, of training camp. I mean, it goes back to his first year and everything. Um, so you're getting to really see his his journey. Um, but seeing guys like that, I mean, the Chiefs have two tryout guys in, you know, in Jody Fortson and Reese Fountain this year that they were in, in camp, they were in rookie mini camp just trying to land a job for a few months. And they've been able to parlay that into, you know, spots on the roster eventually. I mean, those are the, those are the stories I get hyped up for. I mean, those are the things I love the most. I mean, uh, this is a tough time because so many guys, you know, are are being let go. For some some guys, this is going to be the last time they put on a football uniform. Something they've done been doing there all their lives. They've been working for, and this is the end of it. Um, some of them will continue to get chances, and and that's great and all. But um, this is such a yeah, it's a roller coaster. A couple of days this year, every day when the roster gets cut down. But I try to look for the good stories, look for the ones that can you know, make you feel good. And Jody Fortson, Reese Fountain, they're a couple of them. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm pretty ecstatic. I had I, I was uh, very, very optimistic with my 53 projection this year. Had both of them on it, so that's two. I missed on a bunch of others that I was still optimistic on. But to, to see that come through and the enthusiasm of those two guys in particular, guys that I think Jody's been working a long time. Reese, though not with the, the Chiefs, has had a similar road. Really, really hyped for him coming out of college. And then didn't quite catch on in Indianapolis. Uh, obviously, differences in the offense. I think this the, this staff and this offense is a l- little bit more able to to change the role to the players' abilities. That's a plus. The thing that stood out for me though is not just that they're there, but that there's going to be a lot of pass catchers on this roster. They kept all four tight ends. How much did that surprise you? Uh, I mean, by the end of training camp, uh, not really. I mean, that was pretty clear at this point that the Chiefs were heading in that direction with the looks that Fortson continued to get. And as much as the the Chiefs have invested in Noah Gray, I mean, they spent a lot of resources in him in, in camp trying to get him up to speed. I'll be honest. I'll be I'll be interested to see week one. You know how the depth chart actually sorts out there because. Um, the Chiefs have listed Noah Gray as, as number three on the depth chart, but uh, I'll be actually surprised, I think, if Jody Fortson isn't the guy who's active. Mm-hmm. I'll be really surprised if, the, if they have four tight ends active on game day uh, very often, that should, which should be probably a fairly rare occasion, um, barring some injuries and everything. Uh, but, 
yeah, I, I, at this point, I, I mean, I think that Fortson is their number two target as when it comes to the passing game at that position, and I think he should at least be number three in the depth chart. I, I, it's going to be interesting, and I, and I will say this. Um, for Herbie and I, um, there's one rule that comes down. You can't run a 14 package if you don't have 14 <laughs> available. So you got to have four tight ends, and Mike Burton should be the one. So I'm just, just going to put that out there. Mike, I hope you hear that. Um, there's a lot of takeaways about guys that didn't make it as well. There was a, a lot of concern about the fifth round pick in Cornell Powell. Just didn't see it materialize. Do you think he's a practice squad candidate? Do you think that they need him back? Yeah, I think he would certainly be a practice squad candidate if he clears waivers. Got some real questions about that just because it, it makes too much sense with, with Trevor Lawrence and, and Jacksonville. Um, and, and Jacksonville certainly showing the willingness to surround Trevor Lawrence with a lot of his former teammates and people he's, he's comfortable with. And with Jacksonville have that number one claim on the waiver wire, at this point I'd probably be surprised if he, the Chiefs didn't lose him. Mm. Um, but if he does clear waivers, I, I think it, it would be – Great to have him back on the practice squad. Just a guy who needs more seasoning. I mean, he could certainly make it make it work. But you know, that was I think it was worth a try for the Chiefs. Don't think it was a wasted draft pick by any stretch of the imagination necessarily. I mean, it's a fifth round pick. Um, yeah, you'd like to see it work out. But hey, it's it's not to me a significant loss. And and in, in the draft, once you get to those picks, it's going to be up and downs. You're for every Cornell Powell you're going to get, you're going to get a Trey Smith too in the sixth round. Mm-hmm. It's going to pay off a lot more. So, you know, to me, if you're the Chiefs, catch your losses, you move on. Um, if he's able to make it back to the practice squad, great. If not, you took a chance. And like I said, just move on and that's it. Yep, that's going to be what it is. There's some moves that uh, I think are questionable, some things that I want to get into the details on. We're going to get to that after we tell you about some of our pals. It is that time of year again, and the football teams are back. The gridiron action is about to start, and I'm pretty excited about it. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college action that you want to get into the game. Get all the odds, props, contests, and the biggest half million dollar mega contest, as well as the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor contest. They're all over there right now at betonline.ag. Head to the website, use your mobile device or anything else. You get a 100% welcome bonus if you use our code that is locked on for the promo code. And be sure to take advantage of the opening day bets. You get that full refund. Even if you lose, BetOnline is the fastest, easiest way to bet all of your action for every sport that you care about. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So, Matt, a couple of things leading up to this. Uh, First and foremost, I would have thought a trade that was going to come down the night before final cutdowns was going to involve Andrew Wiley. Are you surprised at the market for Eastern Rat? Um, a little bit, but you know what? This is exactly the kind of you know trades that you see you know come down at the last second. I mean, not a uh, this isn't a you know a, a breakthrough deal or anything. I mean, it's a seventh round draft pick, but it's an indication that hey, the Patriots had a need that needed a little bit of depth on the offensive line. Um, couldn't be guaranteed. This was the guy clearly that they thought could help them out. No guarantee that certainly where the Patriots are in the waiver wire process, it's players going to fall down to them. Seventh round pick, I mean, it makes perfect sense. I mean, the Chiefs have made these kind of deals before. Um, if you've got a player who's not going to make your team and another team's got a, a, either a late round pick or a player that you can make a deal work, these things happen. Um, catches that I, I certainly didn't see that the Chiefs making a deal that they would be acquiring any talent like that. Because I couldn't see anybody from another team that would be a waiver wire candidate that could crack this 53 right now. So, um, in fact, Chiefs were not in the market for that makes 
total sense. Um, but the fact that they were able to convert a guy that they would have had put on put on waivers and get a seventh round pick, I mean, great. I mean, they got a year of service out of out of Yusir Durant and a pick for just signing as a as an undrafted free agent. I mean, that's win win. So, uh, yeah, that was that's a pretty pretty good uh, job of working the phones by Brad Veach there. Yeah, I can only imagine what that process was like. I'm sure they fielded a few other calls, but were you surprised that? They did go 10 on the offensive line, at least for now, and that two of those guys are currently hurt. And what do you think of that situation? Yeah, I, I thought they would keep 10, uh, and they, they kept the 10 that I thought they would keep. So, um, and you mentioned Andrew Wiley as a trade possibility, too. I mean, I, I certainly thought there was a likelihood that a, a team could be interested in him because, let's face it, I mean, he's a starting caliber interior lineman in this league. And there could have been some other teams interested. But the way the Chiefs were using Wiley during training camp in the preseason, they clearly see him as a pretty valuable swing piece. Uh, you know, and as a as as a backup on this team, that gives them tremendous depth. And, and that's what they were trying to build that they didn't have last year. You know, they wanted to build that. So I think it would have made, had to take a really good offer to get Andrew Wiley out of their hands as just being an affordable guy who can play four different spots for them that they're comfortable with. Um, but you look at the rest of this line. Yeah, you've got Austin Blythe and with with the sports hurting and LDT with a broken hand. One or both of those guys are, are candidates to start the season on IR now that they've made the 53. Mm-hmm. With the rule being that in order to return from injured reserve, you got to be on the 53 first. So the club starting tomorrow could put either one of those guys on IR. Expect that to happen with Marcus Kemp coming back. That was kind of a procedural move amongst the cutdowns. Um, Kemp was a guy that they could get away with, you know, not exposing the waivers. He would just become a free agent immediately and they can bring back. So um, this offensive line is going to have eight or nine guys going into week one. I mean, there could still be some moves and procedural things that happen. I expect that um, I'd be surprised that like a Prince Tega Wanongo doesn't end up back on the practice squad. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that was a guy that looked pretty good in camp and I think they'd like to have that. And I, I think they'll certainly be scouring, you know, the, the waiver wire and some other places for more depth. I mean, um, I, I can't rule anything like that out. The Chiefs have, have done it before where they've tried to flip some of these one or two roster spots for some additional depth. And and the offensive line and safety are probably the two groups I would think they would be looking at. Yeah, I, I would think so as well. And Pritzegonago, I think, is a very good point. Definitely a candidate for the practice squad. I think that's where he belongs. I didn't feel like he had earned a spot on the 53. But when you take a look at this, the the rotation, and I do expect it to be Blythe that goes to IR. Uh, with Kemp coming back. But then you look at they're down to nine. They'll be down to the nine that I had thought that they would go with. And the key thing for me here, these are all guys in that backup row. The four backups will all have played and started for this team in the past. I think that's the key is that they clearly went uh, experience and longevity with this particular roster in this offense when they made their decisions for their backup linemen. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, it wasn't simply that the Chiefs wanted to get rid of everybody that was on their offensive line and rebuild it completely. They just wanted to get better, and they did. They managed to go out and, and find a group of guys that can come in and augment what they already have. And, yeah, you know, continuity on offensive line is a big deal, and the fact that the Chiefs don't have that amongst their starting group, but they do amongst their backup core, I think is a pretty big deal. And, you know, having some guys who could step in immediately and plug and play, I mean, that's going to be a big deal if you start to get injuries. And remember, you know, also with the moves today with Kyle Long going on the physically unable to perform list means he's going to be out for a minimum of six weeks. It's kind of what we all expected would happen 
But the benefit of that is that, hey, you know what? You know you're going to get injuries at some point. Hey, those injuries hit early on. You know you've got Kyle Long that's going to be coming back, and it should be a healthy and refreshed and ready to go Kyle Long. Yeah, and I think that's got to play into the long-term plans as well because there is an attrition aspect of this roster that you have to fight off because of the age of all your backups. They're all older guys, and that certainly makes sense. Now, not that Kyle's a spring ditch chicken. He's uh, probably the oldest of them, right? I'd have I'd have to run that down. But that back and forth, and again, as we understand it, 16-person practice squad and the elevation rules that we saw last year, right? So short-term IR, I think, allows them that flexibility for when Kyle is available. Yeah, you get the short-term IR. Um, you've also are, are going to have, you know, the, the 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 two activations that you can bring up from the practice squad for a guy each year. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of flexibility that they've got there. So even if they get some injuries early, hey, they could augment from the practice squad, help out a little bit there until you get to week six when Kyle Long could come in. Um, yeah, I mean, they've they have built themselves up for some options because let's face it, I mean, once everybody's healthy again, once Blythe, LDT, Kyle Long are healthy. Not going to be room for everybody, but chances are, yeah, that you're going to be, like you said, you're going to be going through some attrition at that point. No team in the league is going to go through with eight, 10 offensive linemen. I mean, usually you are going to need 10, 12 or more. And Chiefs are built for that this year, and they weren't last year. Yeah, I think that's the key to the longevity of the season, getting back to that third Super Bowl, which is clearly their goal. Uh, I, I feel better about this roster right now than I did last season. But I know that there are some questions as well. Like in general, on the offensive side of the ball, where do you think this stacks up to what they started with last year? I mean, honestly, outside of having a, a healthy Sammy Watkins, I, I think this is a better offense across the board. I mean, that having that number two, you know, clear cut wide receiver, I think is the only thing that this team is really missing from being super, super stacked on the offensive side. And and what we're going to see now, I think, and, and just judge a little bit is. You know, the effect that having a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes can have on a receiving core. I mean, you look at, at what New England has done and and more specifically, I mean, look at, you know, with with Green Bay, which I think is a better comparison as far as offenses go. You know, you've seen quarterbacks, you know, in this West Coast offense, you know, similar to what Andy Reid does with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, who take maybe sometimes very average or ordinary wide receivers and turn them into really productive players, you know, 800,000-yard guys. That's what Patrick Mahomes, in theory, can do for you. And now we're going to find out if he can. Um, Because the Chiefs did a lot to try and help him, you know, having Sammy Watkins, having Tyreek Hill, having Travis Kelsey, having big targets for him through his first few years to get him through. But one thing that, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is going to have to do going forward is that he's not always going to have Hill and Kelsey and Watkins. You know, now's when he's going to have to elevate the games of the guys around him. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to find out, you know, can he turn him a Cole Hardman? Can he turn a, a Reese Fountain, a Demarcus Robinson? Can he turn those into 800 yard receivers? That's what he's going to need to do. That's why he's going to be making $45, $50 million a year to do. Now's the time to do it. Yeah. And I think we're going to find out rather quickly. We'll talk about. The first game against the Cleveland Browns next week, folks, and we'll go over that in detail. But right after we get back from this, I want to get into the defensive side where I thought there were more surprises. It's a little cluttered, but that's okay. There are ways to clean up clutter, and DirecTV has something for you as well. Does this sound familiar that all your devices, you try to watch the game, watch everything on there, and you have like different remotes, your phone, like all kinds of things. They have a brand new way for you to take it all and simplify it down, take all the hassle out of it, and finally get your TV the way you want it. It's called Direct TV Stream. 
and it brings all your live TV, on-demand favorites, and everything that you need into one place so that it's easy for you. And that means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is there's no annual contract. So get rid of all the clutter and all the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can find out more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com, and a compatible device is required, but content varies by package. Check out directtv.com. We got to tell you about our pals at Built Bar, and you've heard us talk about them before, and we just can't stop because we enjoy them so much. Whether it was the special flavors like the coconut brownie chunk or the grasshopper cookie, like there are a number of things that make them very unique that they make their bars for their customers. And at the end of the day, they're all nutritious in terms of right around 150, 130 to 180 calories is the range, all with 17 or 18 grams of protein in one bar and low sugar, low net carbs, like five grams of sugar on the average. And it comes in handy when you're trying to fulfill your workout regimen, whatever diet plan you're on, whatever you're trying to do nutritionally, Built Bar can help you there. And at the end of the day, they taste great. And that's what it comes down to with all their flavors, whether it's the coconut chunk brownie, uh, whether they're standard flavors like salted caramel cookies and cream and German chocolate. Uh, mint brownie is one of my favorites. There's a lot out there. I think you will find something that you can enjoy today. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off of your next order. Use that promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off of your next order at built.com. So there were a number of surprises for me. Did this defensive roster take you uh, off guard at all? There was a few tweaks here and there, especially especially at the bottom. But I thought that's where the real question marks were for this team. I mean, um, we talked about it the last couple of weeks coming into this, that I, I thought that the biggest competitions were not necessarily always within the position groups themselves, but between do you keep nine def- you know, 10 defensive linemen or five linebackers or a sixth cornerback. And we saw that, you know, for the most part, that's where those decisions came out. I mean, you end up keeping a Darius Harris as a linebacker instead of a Tim Ward on the defensive line. How much did, you know, Willie Gay and the toe injury coming out of Friday's game play into that? Probably a, a key part of it. Um, even though the Chiefs don't think that thing is serious, and and I would expect that unless something goes south, that, hey, Willie Gay's going to start the season for this team. Um, but just on the off chance, you know, they could, I don't think they could afford to lose Darius Harris. He's just been, been a, a too important a piece at this point. Um, the real key, to, really, the, the kind of surprise to me was, um, Chris Lammons, you know, beating out Bo Pete Keys for that sixth cornerback uh, spot. I thought there was a chance he, the Chiefs might just keep nine defensive backs with five corners. Um, so I, I was a little surprised that they did. And if they did, I thought I would have I would have given the edge to Bo Pete. Um, but I think that's certainly a situation that uh, special teams def- depends on those final few spots. And um, you heard it. I mean, the, the only thing last week that stood out to me that made me think that Chris Lammons had a really good shot at this roster was Dave Tobe making a speech for him. And because once I heard that, I'm like, okay, if they keep a sixth corner, it just might be Chris Lammons. And that's exactly who it ended up being. Yeah, clearly the winner of the last three days has been Dave Tobe because he's gotten what he needed for his wish list um, all the way back to Fortson. I mean, he called him out as well so that he feels that he has the squad that he can get something done with. I agree with you. I think the Willie Gay injury played into it. I do want to clarify, Andy Reid did not say turf toe. He said a toe injury. So I think anytime you have a turf toe, that's a separation of that big tendon on your big toe, generally big toe anyway. Um, That's more of a serious, like long-term and very difficult to rehab injury. So that doesn't sound like it to me from the fact that they feel that he might be able to go week one. 
Yeah, I mean, the the fact that the, the Chiefs didn't even mention the injury after the game on Friday um, gives you a little bit of an indication about the severity, hopefully, of the injury. And from what we heard on from Andy Reid, you know, on Tuesday, you know, it was really a the next few days, next week or so, really being the the tell. And I, and that's all indicative that they do think that they're pretty positive on this, that it's not going to be a long-term issue. And if that's the case, then it would certainly indicate that it's not necessarily turf toe. Um, toe injury doesn't have to be that. So let's see what happens. But yeah, from what I'm hearing at this point, you know, the, the, the Chiefs are not expecting the worst with this. Okay. And I think that's a positive and maybe not the greatest thing for Darius once uh, Willie's back to normal. Like there, I expect there'd be a practice squad rotation there somewhere because for me, I didn't feel that that Josh Kando outplayed either Tim Ward or Devon Harris in this particular preseason, but maybe the team felt that he was going to get plucked if the waiver thing did happen, but I can see them rotating that back, maybe bringing back another end here as they get Willie kind of squared away. Does that jive with you, or do you think that they'll make a number move? Yeah, no, that it does. I mean, you know, we will see, um, especially with like LDT and Austin Blythe, it, we know one of those guys is going to go on IR for sure, and that's going to free up the spot for Marcus Kemp to come back. Possibility that, you know, two both those guys could go on IR and be gone for three weeks. And if that's the case, then, yeah, there could be another body that comes back. That could go a lot of different directions. I mean, yeah, you know, I think Ward and Harris would both be candidates. Um, they might even prefer to bring back another offensive lineman. You know, we'll see. Um, but, you know, at that point, I think they would be pretty well set. I mean, they'd be pretty pretty close at that point with what I, I expected their roster to look like, um, especially if they brought back a 10th defensive lineman. Then you would see there's just the way that the procedural moves kind of played out there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, with Kando, for a rookie, it just needs to be close. You just need to be able to make the case. And for Kando, he certainly made the case that, hey, he can be a – special teams player. He can be a productive, maybe niche pass rusher. Cause I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll tell you this of one of my bold predictions for, for 2021, if Joshua Kando is active enough, he's going to block a kick <laughs> because that dude is huge. <laughs> and you see him on special teams on the line. He's going to get a pop one time and, and block a kick. I don't have any doubt about that. And, and once again, Dave Tobe wins, Dave Tobe wins. <laughs> But in that scenario, and not just with with the special teams performance that he might have in him, um, between letting go of both Ward and Harris, guys that have played for this team in the past, does that give you any indication that they feel that uh, Frank Clark is going to get back up to full strength? Um, going a little bit light at end surprised me a bit. Yeah, you know, and I think that actually the moves that they made probably tell us a couple of different things about maybe the injuries that we should be looking at. I mean, we're, we're focusing on Darius Harrison and, and Willie Gay, but yeah, going light, I, I think it does, you know, have an indication that they feel pretty good about where Frank Clark's injury is. Um, yeah, they've got a lot of flexibility there on that group where they can kick guys inside and outside. So, you know, depth, even at nine guys isn't huge. And if they brought back a 10th, they'd be fine there. I wonder, too, with keeping a, a sixth corner, um, what does it say about Rashad Fenton and the hamstring that had been limiting him a little bit? Um, yeah, the Chiefs are you know, going to be going in probably with Fenton as, as basically their fourth corner anyway. Maybe he'd be battling with Baker for that spot. Um, looked like Mike Hughes has pretty much you know, clearly won that number three corner for now mm-hmm. um, with Fenton out. But it, it does make me wonder, you know, now that he's been limited with that hamstring for a little bit, that maybe keeping the sixth corner does tell us a little bit more about that injury. Maybe it's a little bit more serious than we're thinking. That's kind of how I took it as well. Um, as far as the practice squad goes, 
Uh, anybody that you really think is a shoe in to get brought back, obviously, if they're not claimed on waivers or anything else. Yeah, I think there's a I mean, I could probably rattle off just on the group that they let go 20 guys that deserve yeah. um, spots on the practice squad. I mean, I think there was a lot of guys who had some really good camps. Um I, you know, for all the maybe the the struggles that Devin Key had in a couple of the preseason games, he and Zane Alexander, I think, were both you know key candidates. Uh, Prince Tegawanago, yeah, absolutely, that's a guy I think absolutely needs to be on this practice squad. He can uh, shows a lot of promise as a potential swing tackle and some depth on that offensive line. Um, Derek Gore, you know, or Darwin Thompson, I think both, but but Gore has really intrigued me. I, I'd I'd like to see him back on that practice squad and. And they do need another running back there because, you, you know, once again, you're going to have attrition. So, you know, you're not going to be able to go through the season with three running backs. So they could certainly use some more bodies there. Um, you know, they've got a couple of the linebackers, even, uh, you know, honestly, Riley Cole that they let go early on, I think would be a, a really interesting practice squad addition. And remember with the 16 squads, they can have, you know, guys with more experience and unlimited experience in some of those spots. Um, Gary Dieter could certainly stick around. I would expecting a third quarterback. It's probably going to be Shane Bouchelle, but you know what? If a veteran is out there that fits what the Chiefs want to do, they might even pick up a veteran quarterback to, to fit the practice squad. Yeah, I wondered that as well. And the other two that stood out to me is I think Bo Pete and Boodle. Absolutely. They, they are crossing their fingers. They get through waivers. Yeah, I think those are both guys that, that deserve to be back. They've had good camps, especially Bo Pete. I think he really took some strides this year. Um, really just kind of a numbers game for him, but I think he's earned a spot as well. Um, I also think that they should be, like you said, if there's a veteran quarterback, certainly that's an option. But I think that they there are some interesting releases going on out there. Do you think that this is pretty set other than the Kemp for the lineman kind of rotation, or do you think that they're still open for business? Oh, they're still definitely going to be, you know, open to seeing what's out there on the on the waiver wire. Um, I mean, it's really hard to see where there are upgrades because, I, like I said, I mean, it's not time that I've been covering this team. I think this is the deepest Chiefs squad that we've had from top to bottom, top to you know, one to fifty three. 